Welcome to the Octavius Gould Experience, and I'm your host, Octavius Gould. Today, I'm bringing to you episode number eight titled, Stepping into a Management Career. As a professional with 25 years of corporate leadership and business ownership experience, I will articulate the key aspects of being a great manager. My objective is to help people who are in individual contributor roles evaluate if management is the right next step in their career path. I will drop valuable gems that if used wisely will assist new or aspiring managers in making the transition into a great leader. What is management or what is a manager? A manager gets things done through the efforts of other people. Management then is about the means by which a person actually manages. Moreover, how they go about getting things done through others individually or in teams. The keys to great management are the activities that plan, organize, control the operations of basic elements of employees, machines, money, methodologies, and business markets. My friends, management is about providing direction and giving sound leadership to the efforts of employees, or as I prefer to call them, team members, which enables leaders to achieve the business objectives of the organization. A manager's sole responsibility is not to spend his or her entire day managing or empowering others. These individuals have many managerial duties that impact the business and employees within the organization. A manager will wear multiple hats, so they must be able to juggle multiple responsibilities. For example, managers at times are the point of escalation and customer support capacities. Managers are required to also oversee and manage budgets. In my management career, I had direct reports who required my assistance during meetings, sales presentations, and even negotiations of contracts. Managers are also tasked with reporting on duties that highlight how well they are performing as well as the professionals that report to them within the organization. I would always tell managers who reported to me that management is all organizational activities in that it's the act of getting people together to accomplish desired goals and objectives using available resources efficiently and effectively. What do I mean? Management comprises of planning, organizing, staffing, leading, and controlling an organization or effort for the purpose of accomplishing a goal. While resourcing encompasses the deployment or manipulation of human resources, financial resources, technical resources, and natural resources. According to research that I read preparing for this podcast, since organizations can be viewed as systems, management can also be defined as human action, including design, to facilitate the production of useful outcomes from a system. This view actually opens up the opportunity to manage oneself which in my opinion is a prerequisite to attempting to manage others. In nonprofit type organizations, management adds the importance of keeping the faith of donors. In most models of management or governance, shareholders vote for the board of directors and the board then hires senior managers. In for-profit work, management adds its primary function is the satisfaction of a range of stakeholders. This typically involves making a profit for shareholders, creating value products at a reasonable cost for customers, and providing rewarding employment opportunities for employees. I don't have much experience in nonprofits. All of my experience in corporate America was for profit organizations. If you're looking to be a manager, try to really ascertain what's best for you. 
research and speak to people in for-profit as well as non-profit type organizations to determine which environment would be more suitable to what you want to be and where you want to go within your career. Now, there are four job functions of a manager. And according to additional research I read, one of the most popular is the POLK framework, which stands for planning, organizing, leading, and controlling. The first function is planning of management that involves setting objectives and determining a course of action for achieving those objectives. Planning, in my opinion, requires managers to be aware of environmental conditions facing the organization and to forecast on those future conditions. I had to learn that as a manager. It wasn't something that came to me naturally when I was a young manager at age 25. As I matured in my role, I was able to understand that there are internal interference as well as external interference that I had to deal with. And in many cases, to evolve from a manager to a leader, you had to anticipate some of that interference that you may face as a manager as well. The second function is organizing of management that involves developing an organizational structure and allocating human resources to ensure the organization accomplishes its objectives. The third function is leading, which involves the social and informal sources of influence that you use to inspire the actions taken by others. In this function, the key is for managers to first understand their employees' personalities as well as what they value. The fourth and final function is controlled by ensuring performance does not deviate from the company's standards. One of the things that I always say is that one person's goals and aspirations can never supersede what's best for the organization. In many cases, you got to really understand what is it that drives your employees. As a vice president of sales in corporate America, I was challenged with many tasks and I had to handle multiple responsibilities. For one, I had to establish performance standards. Then I had to compare the actual performance against those standards. Then thirdly, take corrective action when necessary. A lot of leaders are fearful of confrontation, but as a leader, you must make sure that you identify the areas of weakness for your team members and correct the course of action, as well as identify the things they do well and expand upon those things that they do extremely well. When I was taking the steps of managing corrective action, I actually called it at the time, and this was many decades ago, a PIP, a performance improvement plan. And the key is if you put someone on a performance improvement plan, make sure that they understand it's not to coach them out of the organization in which sometimes you have to, but the true objective is to improve their performance. So some of the other responsibilities that I had to focus on on a daily, weekly, monthly or quarterly basis was I had to report on performance metrics or KPIs, key performance indicators. And when you're reporting on those performance metrics, it's not something you can just dig into your CRM, your customer relationship management tool, and pull numbers at the end of the month. Because what happens then is you did it at the end of the month. In the other 29 to 30 days, you allow the issues to fester. So you must be able to, on a daily and weekly basis, really have your hand on the pulse of your organization so that you can see where the issues are festering and correct those issues prior to the end of the month, the end of the quarter, or the end of the year. I also had to evaluate and improve my team members' performance. So I had a team goal 
but I also had to make sure that people were hitting their individual goals. And in doing so, I was able to impact the team and the organization's performance. And managers, if you are managing five employees, 10 employees, 20 or 30, you must make sure that you align the efforts of your direct reports with the goals of the organization and hold them accountable. But more importantly, hold yourself accountable to the team goals and organizational goals. How can managers ensure success? You can do this a few ways. One, planning typically starts with a vision and a mission statement. The managers must develop a strategy for realizing that vision and mission. In my opinion, their success and progress in achieving the vision and mission will be indicated by how well the underlying goals and objectives are achieved. This is done by creating a defined statement. For example, the vision statement is usually describes some broad set of goals like what the organization aspires to look like in the future, whereas the mission statement also has stated goals like what the organization aspires to be like for its stakeholders. Being a manager is tough, but it's also a very rewarding career choice. The job responsibilities vary depending on a person's level of management within an organization, whether you're an entry-level manager, middle management, executive leadership, that being vice president, C-level executives. And one of the things you need to understand is that the higher you climb up the corporate management ladder, the greater the pressure, accountability, and scrutiny. But the flip side is the greater the compensation. It's also important that a manager is fundamentally sound as it relates to being a decision maker with superior business acumen, relationship adeptness, and a talent for inspiring others to achieve their goals and accomplish activities while they focus on other mission-critical business demands. Because while you're managing your team members, you still have to be fundamentally sound on the back office processes. And at the same time, you may have to deal with customer concerns. So there are multiple responsibilities that you'll be juggling all at once. And you must do them well, because not only is the organization depending on you to do your job well, the employees who report up to you is depending on you to do your job well. And without these attributes, the required job responsibility will be more difficult to handle and becoming a true leader will be more challenging. In my opinion, too many managers focus on motivation instead of leading and inspiring since they fail to realize that the effects of motivation will not last as long. This is especially true if they only try to motivate employees with money. Everyone's not motivated by money. Some people are motivated more by recognition, responsibility, influence. So as a manager, Get away from dangling a raise or more money or bonuses all the time and figure out that employee's hot button. A manager must create an environment that's conducive to success since this important task will be the foundation that prevents the 80-20 rule from hindering the organization's success. What do I mean? Poorly led teams usually have a dynamic where 20% of the team members produce 80% of the productivity. This is true in business and even in sports. You look at a sports team where you have two or three players on a basketball team generating all of the productivity as it relates to scoring, rebounding. And those same individuals are the ones who are the best defenders. You look at a football team and in many cases, teams will go through the season doing extremely well with 20 percent of the team members performing and another 80 percent underperforming. 
And they may do well during the season, but when it comes to playoff time, when it really counts, and they're playing great teams with great coaches and leaders who are getting the most out of every player or majority of their players, they'll be overpowered. They'll be outperformed. They'll be outcoached. And you know who will end up winning. So in a business environment, what you want to do is look at your team members. And if you have someone who's performing well consistently, you don't want to neglect them. You always want to ping them on a regular basis and make sure that they're remaining inspired. They're focusing on their key performance indicators. But you want to spend the majority of your time working on the people who aren't doing well, but who have the potential to do well. There are two measurements, will do and can do. Can they do the job and will they do the job? And if they can do and will do, but they're having some performance issues, work with those individuals. And never forget, it's the manager's responsibility to turn a group of individuals into a team by having what I call a one team, one mission concept, which encourages everyone to have a common goal. And as a manager, you must manage your external customers at time, but you also have internal customers. And here's what I mean by that. If you're managing the marketing department, you also have an internal customer as in the sales organization. And you got to be very careful to make sure that you don't alienate the other divisions within your company with that us against them type of mentality. So you have to serve your internal customers as well and make sure that you're building synergy across all departments within the organization. I coach my managers to develop a culture where people were willing to learn new skills embrace constant change, accept additional responsibility, and most importantly, grow professionally and personally. It's important that a manager ensures that team members have realistic goals as well, but they must also understand what's required of them to achieve their goals. This can be done in many cases by conducting one-on-one counseling sessions on a regular basis. Some people never meet with their employees one-on-one because one, they're fearful of confrontation. Or two, they don't know what to say because they've never developed a great working relationship with their employees. I would always have my managers to conduct one-on-ones on either a weekly basis, monthly basis, or quarterly basis. And if someone was underperforming, that was done weekly, not to chastise them, but to make sure that you corrected their actions so they wouldn't take the bad behavior into the next working week. And that's why it's important to have one-on-ones because it's an opportunity for you to develop a relationship, build trust, and peel back the onion of that employee's performance and figure out what's going on and then take the necessary action. Here's the key. When you have one-on-ones or if you have an employee who's dealing with some performance issues, don't always do it in your office. Sometimes it's better to Take it out of the office. Take a walk around the building or go get coffee at a coffee cafe. It will put everyone at ease and prevent people from being so defensive. I think it kind of creates a safe space as well where people will share more information as far as some of the challenges that they're having professionally, but they may also share some of the challenges that they're having personally. You don't want to be a babysitter and try to fix someone's personal issues But at the same time, if it's a personal issue that is very serious, it may cause them to underperform or resign, leaving you in more trouble. So it's always best to figure out not necessarily all the details, just if they're dealing with some personal issues. And if it's serious enough, 
you may want to introduce them to programs that you have within your organization that may assist them or encourage them to have a conversation with human resources. It is at this time that a manager can work with individuals to empower them, that being during the one-on-one, while improving their performance. And if necessary, when you're delivering that corrective action, make sure you do this thing. Document, document, and document some more. My friends, great managers possess solid core competencies. A manager should be able to attract, develop, and retain talented employees and evaluate key strengths and development needs for their team that will help employees realize their potential. A manager, in my opinion, must be capable of diagnosing areas for improving job performance techniques and provide timely guidance. And the key being timely. You can't wait a month or two after the employees stop performing and then bring them in for that counseling session. You must be timely. Or if they do something wrong, you must be timely in having that conversation so they actually remember what it was that they did. The best managers are capable, in my opinion, of dealing with people with different personalities, different backgrounds, ethnicities. Because as a manager, you can't always hire people who are like you, people who look like you, who act like you. You must be able to work with different personalities on your team, create that synergy, that one team, one mission concept, and make sure that that environment and that culture is principle centered. A manager, in my opinion, must also be capable of making day-to-day decisions required to manage their function. And this includes deploying resources, allocating costs, directing activities, and securing relevant information to identify issues. The best manager is able to craft and implement service practices that meet their customer needs as well and also use appropriate interpersonal skills that I mentioned earlier and techniques to resolve difficult customer situations that will regain customer confidence. Many times, my managers and I had to commit to an action after developing alternatives that took into consideration strategic objectives, resource constraints, and organizational values. We often had to establish a plan to achieve business objectives, taking into consideration the overall business and sales goals, market opportunities, past performance results, and available resources. And in many times, we didn't have many resources, but we still had to evaluate what we had and make the best of those resources. If you want to get into management or evolve from a manager to a great leader, you must also become great at using the appropriate interpersonal style to establish effective relationships with customers and internal partners. And this may also include strategic partners. And these are organizations that are not direct employees of your company, but you have a working relationship that you must manage. And that's a different dynamic because since they're not on your payroll, they can act as they wish. Make sure that you focus, or if you're someone who's looking to get into management, focus on self-development. Understand what your weaknesses are and what your strengths are and turn those weaknesses into strengths. And that's all about self-development. Read books. If your organization provides any type of coaching or training, especially coaching and training that's free, take advantage of it. I also think that managers must be able to clearly and succinctly convey information and ideas to the individuals and groups in a variety of situations. This must be done by communicating in a focused and compelling way that drives others' thoughts and actions. 
For one, I would never hire a new manager who couldn't demonstrate the traits that characterize successful employees and exhibit behavioral styles that facilitate adaption to the demands of their role. When I interviewed sales leaders or managers, I made sure that they had the skill set necessary to allow them to come into the organization and be successful without going through a lot of training and development. You got to make sure during that interviewing process that you're really taking the time and performing your due diligence to ascertain if they have the business acumen and the core competencies to be successful. Another skill I look for in management was their ability to present ideas effectively to individuals or groups. I wanted to feel confident that my managers, when given time to prepare, would deliver presentations suited to the characteristics and the needs of the audience, whether that audience was a sales team, a marketing team, or even a customer support team. So what are the challenges of managing and motivating in today's business environment? One must consider that the world is still recovering from an economic turndown due to this pandemic, which has employee morale at an all-time low. So motivating people is far from an exact science. There's no secret formula, no set calculation, no worksheet to fill out. Managing people after the pandemic of 2020, somewhat recovery of 2021, and now as we go into 2022, the spike of COVID is extremely challenging. If you're a manager in this environment, you're going to face challenges like never before. For example, some organizations are in a hybrid situation where some employees work in the office, some employees work from home. If you're a manager in today's business environment, many of the things that you're going to deal with are things that they never taught in business school. They never taught in sales management, customer support, marketing management 101. These are things that are new that you're going to have to adjust and adapt to on the fly. The only thing that I can really recommend to someone who's in a management situation today dealing with COVID and this pandemic is to make sure that you focus on your people. Regardless of what you sell, regardless of what you support or the product you make or the service that you enhance, it's a people business and you must still coach and develop your people. So as a leader, as a manager, you must maintain your care and concern for your employees and their success. Whether they're in the office with you or at home, make sure that you're reaching out to ascertain what is it that you can do for them to make their job easier to make their life easier. Provide coaching and development, whether it be in person, if they're in office or via Zoom, provide that coaching development on a weekly basis and make sure that you communicate. Don't over communicate, but it's important to communicate with your team members who are working from home because in many cases, they feel like they're left on an island. They're getting emails, but their manager isn't picking up the telephone just to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And if you do pick up the telephone and have that one-on-one -on -one conversation off the cuff, don't always make it about performance or what they're doing wrong. Sometimes you need to pick up the phone and just find out what it is you can do for them to make their life easier. So remember, be coach-like, develop your employees, and provide them with resources that will allow them to perform their job easier by removing the roadblocks. So you as the manager, you must remove those roadblocks that is being put upon them by executive leadership and different department heads. Be that filter. In fact, motivation 
can be as individual as the employees who work for you. One employee may be motivated only by money. Another may appreciate personal recognition for a job well done. Still another may work harder if he or she has equity in the business. So figure out, as I mentioned before, what it is that drives each employee, even if you got to write it down in a notebook or put it in a file and make sure that you're always tapping into that, putting out that carrot, whatever it is to drive them, especially if they're working from home. You may have heard that we're all dealing with the great resignation period where workers are resigning at clips never seen before. And this may be a direct result of the lack of trust that many workers have for corporate America. They say people don't leave their company and their job. They leave because of their poor manager. So as a manager, you must understand if you have high attrition in your organization, find out the reason why. Do exit interviews. If you don't have an HR person, do them yourself. But I would recommend that you have HR do it to really figure out what is the reason why your attrition is high. Is it something that you can do differently, an adjustment that you can make in your management style? But at the same time, if you are doing things right, if you are leading by example, if you are coaching and developing, maybe it's partly because of this pandemic and the dynamic of our business environment. But more times than not, I find that there are things that the manager are doing wrong that is impacting the attrition that they're having within their organization. And many times that can be corrected. Maybe that manager is dealing with some personal issues or maybe they're just not being coach-like and providing the necessary support for their team members. Maybe the people don't trust their manager because they haven't developed that working relationship. And trust forms the foundation for effective communication, employee retention, employee motivation, and the contribution of what I call discretionary energy. That's the extra effort that people voluntarily invest in their work. So what can managers do? To motivate their workforce, managers must treat employees as if they are one of the most important parts of the organization. Too often, in my opinion, management forgets that employees are their greatest asset. So you want to make sure that your employees feel that they are involved, they matter, their opinions matter, and they have a voice. You're still going to make most of the decisions or executive leadership is going to make majority of the business decisions, but at least give your employees an opportunity to have input. You may find that they're more creative and innovative than you all, and some of their ideas may really help the business overall. In the Human Capital Edge, authors Bruce Fowle and Ira Kay say that people want recognition for their individual performance with pay tied to their performance. And unfortunately, wages are still too low in some business sectors, and COVID creates a cloud of uncertainty, making it extremely challenging to manage and motivate a group of employees in 2022. So what can you do about that? One of the things you can do is create MBOs, management by objectives, and give employees incentives to go above and beyond the call of duty. One of the things I always tell managers to lead by example, think out the box, set clear and measurable goals, cross train, coach and develop your employees. And again, treat your employees with respect and recognize more than just the top performance. Too often managers focus so much on the top performance that they forget There are people who may not be number one, they may not even be number two, but they still put forth great effort and achieve and exceeded their goals. 
find different ways to recognize everyone on your team who's performing or who's putting forth a great effort. And that may be preparing your sales meetings or your support meetings or your internal product meetings in advance and taking time to figure out what is it that different individuals did the prior week that you can point out to so that you're recognizing more than just that top person. In closing, regardless of how much on-the-job experience managers possess, it is mission critical that they continue to develop their own skills and practice their craft. You must hone your skills and make sure that you are identifying those weaknesses, as I mentioned, and turning those weaknesses into strength and taking advantage of every opportunity to be coached on the skill sets required to evolve from a manager to a leader. Managers are the lifeline of a company and have the direct impact on the success of all stakeholders. So managers must strive to create an environment that is principle-centered with core ethical values as the basis of all business decisions. Their goal should be to create a culture where people are willing to learn new skills, embrace constant change, accept additional responsibilities, and as I mentioned before, grow professionally and personally. And if you do that, you will get employees promoted and reap the rewards yourself professionally and personally. So my friends, if you covet compelling content on leadership or entrepreneurship, please hit like, share, and subscribe to my podcast today so that you can be alert to future episodes. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the next episode. Carpe diem.